Thought Bubble Audio. Welcome back to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk to you about the CW's hit show, Supergirl. My name is Frank, and joining me as he does every week is my good friend and co-host, Tim. What's up, buddy? What's going on, Frank? We're here. We're back. We're talking about Supergirl. We have 11 episodes left. Um, Say it ain't I so. Think... Say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. I will not go. <laughs> Turn the lights off. Watching Supergirl. We're really old. World. Yeah, we're Talking Supergirl. Up next on the Thought Bubble Audio Podcast Network. I liked this episode a lot better than last week's. Let me just say that. I did. I did as well. I still don't think we've hit the stride that we had okay. in the first couple of episodes of this season. But I do think that this this episode talked a lot about a, a very important things and it did it it did it all within forty minutes and that's always impressive. Yeah. Um yeah, exactly. And and I I feel like this show be even if they're a little they can be a little heavy handed, even when it's an issue that I care about, I'll admit that like they're at times heavy handed. Um I would rather I, I enjoy it more when they're heavy handed about an issue that something that matters rather than when they sort of do the sort of sci fi gobbledygook uh, contrived story thing. Like it's it's it's, it's oh, better you mean like last week, <laughs> like last week. It is definitely. Uh, definitely. You no, know, this wasn't contrived and there's definitely no. going to be repercussions and outcomes and stuff for this moving forward and i that that's always good that's good in my book um frank do we have any mail uh from the mail bag that you know i we do you oh, know thank god because i almost didn't open it up here you go thank I you some mail that. for you you're welcome i i appreciate that uh yes we have we have mail from rachel rachel says uh, I'm interested in the Flash season premiere crossover, not only because Kyler is coming back as Sentinel, but because we also just learned Tony Curran was cast in it, and I really liked him in the show Defiance. However, I also wish that Tony Curran would have been cast on Supergirl instead because his character was the father of a character played by Jesse Rath in that show, and it would have been interesting to see him playing Brainy's father, but that's just me. I'm sure he'll do a good job either way. That is a really fun. That is a really fun piece of of trivia, honestly, and I I love that. Yeah, I do too. Do you know who Tony Kern is playing on the Apocalypse uh, Flash crossover? I, I don't, but you sound like you do. He's playing Despero. Ooh, yeah, alien with the eye in the middle thingy. So he's like the B minus version of Mongol, right, or something. He's actually, I always in my mind, it's always Dark Side at the top, and then Mongol, and then Despero. Even though Despero is just like flat out, like I'm just gonna kill you. The end. Like there's right. no like if ands or buts about it. Pretty dangerous. Tony Curran, good casting choice for Despero. It's gonna be fun. Mm. Um, though I would have, I would have liked to have seen him on the show too. But I think we're, I, you know, I like to, I would like to have seen lots of people on Supergirl that we're never gonna see now. So. Um, what are you going to do about that? 
nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. That's very interesting, though. And yeah, it would have been, you know, seeing Brainiac. I mean, Brainiac, does, does Brainiac 5 have parents? Brainiac 4. I, I guess. Not, yeah, but yeah. it's not It's not really the same, though. Yeah, no. Though, I mean, but I mean, he's flesh and blood, you know, like we think yeah, that sometimes yeah, when yeah, we yeah. think Brainiac, we're like an android, obviously. Right, right. But he's really not, you know, he's like augmented. He's, 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 a, yeah. he's a cyborg. Right. right. So, um, hmm. so yeah, I would, although that way was uh, Indigo early in the show yeah, yeah. as well, whose brain was technically Brainiac three right something like that yeah it's a a little muddy actually on that on that note um uh this next piece of mail comes from daryl um he says i think we know there was no reason for the uncle archie cover uh it's not like Kara goes around the office talking about how her parents died (laughs) like it's true that's a really good point it's true that's a really really good point she could have just been like this is my dad like (laughs) it would have worked it's just fine um, he also says, uh, in season one, Alex tells Kara and us, the audience about the fortress, like it's brand new information to her, but Clark tried to get her to come to the fortress for years. When were these years? Do my eyes deceive me? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it is true. I think they didn't make mention of it. Like at some point, like she, I, there's a, I have a vague recollection of her talking about like not wanting to connect with Clark, you know, from, you know, from her arrival time to, you know, season two when he was allowed to be on the show. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, right. you know, because they, um, you know, the, she reasons. wanted she, reason. The reasons right. were there. Right. That's so hard to like. It's funny that like they're like, you can't use Superman. And they get the Superman on there. And now they have a very successful Superman show on the CW because somebody finally was like, yeah, he can guest in two episodes. Right. Like, it's just wild how like arbitrary decisions obviously get passed down. And then it truly is arbitrary. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, I'm pretty sure there is a mention of her not wanting to go to the fortress all the way back in season two. You may be right. I mean, I can definitely say that she I I remember what you're talking about where she says that she was sort of keeping him at arm's length for a while because she wasn't ready to, you know, connect with that side of her her heritage. Um but but yeah, the fortress piece I don't I remember. So that that's a good that's a good um good pull on your part there. Last yeah. thing from Daryl is just do my eyes deceive me? Is Kara actually using an anti kryptonite method before she encounters kryptonite and not after? <laughs> Which is true because I feel like she always like ends up and I think Daryl's written to us about this before, where she ends up getting in trouble with kryptonite and only then is she like, Oh, I guess I'll use this anti kryptonite you know, method of, of of some kind. Uh and then he ends with I wasn't really feeling the stakes of fighting a giant garbage man. And uh, yeah, I think we talked about that at length. That it was just it was mm-hmm. okay. it was that that was fine. There were funny. It was funny. It was entertaining, but it wasn't the best story that this this show was told. Um, so anyway, thank you, Daryl, and thank you, Rachel, and thank you everyone who emails us at mail at supergirltvtalk.com for uh, for sending us your thoughts on on uh, on the show. Tim, would you like to go ahead and and tell me um, about the the vital stats for for this particular episode? 
Gosh, I sure would, Frank. It is episode number nine of season six, the final season of Supergirl. Episode titled Dreamweaver, written by Karen E. Mazur and Emilio Ortega. Sorry, Bert, you were saying something? Oh my gosh, I thought, I thought that I hit something by accident, <laughs> and that's why I was like, I hope that's just in my headphone and nowhere else, and I'm just going to plow through, like... <laughs> You're a professional. Wow. Anyway, that was great. Nice job with that. Were you waiting to do that, like, how, like all day? Oh, it's been, like, two, like, 14 hours. I thought about that 14 hours ago, and I've been That's waiting to do it ever since. fantastic. All right, so episode titled Dreamweaver, written by Karen E. Mazer and Emilio Ortega Aldrich. Um, we should also mention that Jay Fairber also wrote last week's uh, episode. I wrote, we only had one writer on, but he was the second writer on that, and I wanted to give him credit because he's good. Um, Bravo. Yeah, and uh, directed by Shannon Coley. Uh, let's start with our ever favorite. That was a good bit. Yes. Um, so I'm going to start superheroes playing games. You'll love to see it. It's really one of my favorite things the show does is they're just like, you have these adults anywhere between their, I don't know, 30s, 20s, 30s, and hundreds. Sean, looking at you. Um, and, um, and they're just like, yeah, games. Like, let's do it. And I just love that they they just never lose or they so rarely lose the um the joy of being together. And it's just mm. wonderful. Really it's just great to see. It's the best. Like any time that they are they are together like this, it's it's just the best. It's the most fun. When they used to do karaoke at the at the Candor Cantina, all this stuff. Like it's just Anytime they're together is, is is great, and yeah, I love the the charades game. You know, the Meghan Markle, the typewriters leading to Tom Hanks, the finishing each other's sandwiches. All of it was great. It was great references across the board. I actually missed the typewriters, Tom Hanks. I couldn't make it out, and I was truly too lazy to go back and rewind. <laughs> so I was like, I hope Frank remembers typewriters and Tom Hanks. That's something like you have to be in the know yes. on that. Yes. You have to know that Tom Hanks loves his typewriters. Yes. That is very, very specific. He loves them so much. There's an app called yes. Hanks, yes. H-A-N-X, that's just a, a, that he helped create, and it is a typewriter app, yes. and it is wonderful. This it's is a little stuff. bit self-defeating, but I like it. A little bit, but it makes the typewriter sound, so it's okay. It's, it's cool. It's good. Um, I loved that Andrea's examples of how to interview superheroes are just tried and true ways of interviewing superheroes. Jump off a bridge, and as they save you, like do some interview on the way, yes. like on the way down, or put a signal in the sky. And I'm like, all of these things are done by other people already. Like, yep. I don't know if you're just stealing ideas or if it's a good joke. Yeah, I'm gonna go. It's a good joke. It's a great joke, and I love the smash cut from them having fun playing games. To her, like, what do superheroes do for fun? Like, it was such a fun, uh, fun cut. Uh, and it was really fun. And you just want to be like, play games, yes, yes. all sorts. <laughs> like, yes, yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, man, that is that was very that was really good. Um, you have more than I do, so you get to go. You do a next one. Okay, sure. Um, I love Nia falls asleep at at their like stand up meeting twice, uh, twice, right? just straight up straight up just falls asleep 
And then in in one moment, in in the same breath, Andrea is a great boss and a terrible boss. In, in one breath, she is saying, uh, "Okay, you know what? You go home, take a mental health day. Like clearly, you need it." Which was like sensitive and empathetic, even if she had an attitude about it. She's like, "Go home, right?" Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. like good. That's that's great. That's treating that's your good bossing. Well. Yeah. That's good bossing. And then in the very next breath, possibly the same breath. She's telling William and Kara that they're going to be writing obits and classified if they don't land a Supergirl interview in 24 hours. Like, what? <laughs> like, that is so unreasonable. <laughs> and, and, you know, like, if if she wasn't Supergirl, there's no way to do that. It was not going to happen. No way. No, there's no way. She just completely takes for granted that, like, that stuff happens for a reason she has no idea why. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm crazy um so kelly goes to kelly goes to see um that foster home which i think is literally the nicest foster home i've ever seen put on screen like the house ever. itself the house itself oh yeah not what was happening inside You're right, right, no, right. No, a horror show no <laughs> no but the outside of the house i was like no foster home looks like this what it's, like there's like crown molding on the ceiling far and too the, idyllic oh my gosh actually speaking of crown molding who's house were they in in the opening scene oh that's interesting uh ooh, i don't know i don't because know. i didn't recognize it and jean i would assume still lives at the tower or in that apartment that he had with with his dad um yeah you know and so brainy wasn't there and lena wasn't there so it's not their places it doesn't i i would assume that maybe alex and Kelly got a new place. That's really like yeah. that's all I can because that's it. I'm like out of people after that. Yeah, it must be. It must be. Yeah, or if it's just a different view of their place that mm-hmm. we've never seen before. But I just, just it was really nice. Very like, nice place. You know, like oh my gosh, very it's, nice. Yeah, it's like being in a Nancy Myers movie. Sometimes these mm-hmm. CW sets. Yeah, yeah. Like, Oh my gosh! No one lives like this. Well, people do live like this, but not what any of you do. Exactly. Like, yeah, Alex, you're unemployed, and she's a social worker now. Yeah. Where? Like, how I, are you living in this house? Don't see how that's happening. Yeah. Rent control. You know, very. It's this this uh, this very specific uh, weird uh, law in the books that yeah just made it very. It's uh it's an old uh, yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. Go ahead. Um, go I love. I love. Uh, speaking of the the uh, foster home, I love the little girl who later we found out her name is Esme. Uh, oh my god, what a sweetheart! What she was a so cutie. cute! What a cutie pie! And this like, is a matter of justice. This is a matter of justice. And honestly, I would have the same reaction at age thirty two. I'd have the same reaction if someone took my bread roll. So like, it is a matter of justice. She's like citing the rules about like everyone must be treated with respect. That's what you said. And I want my bread roll. And I'm like, honestly, honey, you fight for that bread. You fight for the carbs. Absolutely. Keep, keep fighting. You do. Um, I I noticed that my next good bit is way at the end of the episode, and you have more in the middle. So why don't you cover a few of these good bits so we can stay in order? Sure. Did you notice what Joey, Joey was reading a trade paperback? Captain Carrot. Captain I did notice Garrett. that. I put that in my Professor Comics corner. If you want to save that, we'll for hold on. A we'll hold on later. That. Yes. Oh my gosh, such a fun, such a fun thing though. Um, I I really enjoyed where Supergirl. There's this reversal we see all the time where Kara has to leave the uh, has to leave Catco 
to go off and be Supergirl and save the day, right? But we don't very often see Supergirl dropping what she's doing as dropping the mission as Supergirl to go be Kara and save the day. That's um, very true. And that's what she did here, where she's like, she leaves, you know, Super Friends HQ to go help someone by being Kara instead of the other way around. She goes and like, oh, yeah, I know the warden. I'll, Kelly, yes, I'll help you. I'll, I'll put you in touch with the warden. Um, and help you save these kids. Now, later we find out that the two storylines are connected, but at the moment we didn't know that. And so it's just this really pure, nice thing where she's just like, you guys got this? I'm going to stop being Supergirl and go be Cara Danvers and and go help Kelly. Like, I just love that that reversal. I like that there's just confidence in her teammates. It's not like she's like, oh, I have to be here because I'm super gross. She's like, you, you guys fine. All right. Smell you. I'm out of yes. here. I got to go do yes. something else. Yeah, that's that's really great. Um, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. You're on a roll. Okay. That owl looks and well, not looks, but kind of talks like a Muppet. And I couldn't tell if it was a real owl that was just like moving its neck so it looked like it was talking or if it was a puppet i had a hard time discerning at least some of it was real owl i'm convinced and i think that they just did some cg to make it you know look like it was talking and whatnot but um it just gave me a little bit of muppet vibes the, the way it was talking and and i kind of feel like that's a symbol for nia's mom in the dream totally right 100 yeah no question and my and, mom really liked owls like, like <laughs> obviously that's her she had white hair and that's a white owl yes come on nia. and and for nixley you're, you're you're supposed to be good at this i know like, honestly and for nixley to be like no ignore the owl ignore the owl is stupid the owl is tearing us apart get rid of the owl the owl is mischievous the owl is bad it's like if an imp is telling you something is bad it's good I know, especially since he knows uh, like what the fifth dimension is and about and imps and stuff. I'm like, you're just, but but to me that speaks to how bad of a place that Nia is in, where she's just not really thinking straight that way. So that's you know, that's something. That's something. She she feels alone and like I I don't she's she's not sort of. Brainy's gone, Lena's gone, and she's not really relying on the rest of the team for backup. So she's making decisions on her own. She's in a bad place, and she's she's not making the best decisions. But I, I'm I'm calling that that yeah, the Muppet Owl is Nia's mom. Um, mm-hmm. and then Kara's um, switching gears back to Catco when Kara's sitting at her desk and Andrea's like, oh, the ratings, the ratings, the ratings, and and Kara like sort of slips. I'm like, who cares about the ratings? Let us do our jobs. I wanted to get up on, like, stand on my desk and clap because mm-hmm. that is every, like, frustrated employee in corporate America who's, like, arguing with a bad manager or bad leader. Like, I've had, I've I, thankfully I don't now, uh, but but I've had bad leadership before who are just sort of like, oh, well, like, here's this arbitrary metric I've decided is is success. And if we're not meeting this, then you need to do everything you can to like move the needle on this arbitrary metric. In this case, you know, the, the the ratings in, in National City of like, oh, well, we went from number seven to number three. So now we want us to be number one. And Carl's like, just let us do our jobs. Just let us report and like make good, like d- be good at our jobs. And that will happen. It, d- don't don't make us do sensationalist stuff just to to force that. Like, let us do a good job first. Mm-hmm. You know that it's funny because I think that even outside of corporate America, I mean, I'm in the, I'm in the education world, and we have those same things, mm-hmm. the same entities. We're like, you know, if you didn't 
make me do this thing to show like some number for this thing so you can show off a number at some other thing, I could actually make that number be true. Yeah. Or I could make that thing happen if I didn't have time to do that. You know, like that. And I actually truthfully do not speak for where I currently work because it's not really like that there. But, you know, like I have friends or have been in places where you're like, you need me to do what on the paperwork and the what and the this because mm-hmm. something, but you know, I got kids in front of me, you know, like right. that need more like that are not a statistic. It's the same. It's the same idea. It is. Um, it's so. when someone who's a little bit removed from the, the day-to-day work sort of worries about the statistic and you who are more in the trenches have like, well, if you just let me do my job, then the statistics would follow. Um, it's a very mm-hmm. relatable argument she was having. And I just, you know, I just for every time that I wanted to say that to somebody but couldn't, I, I wanted to applaud Kara. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. All right. You got one last one before I, I, I come back in. I, I had the thought um, I, I had the thought that um, when when Kelly says, you know, if you're not going to protect these children, I will. It was um, obviously Esme says later you know you're like our guardian angel but uh but i had the thought too of like it's almost like um kelly's gonna we knew kelly was was gonna be guardian in some sense uh this season and i was almost yeah we saw pictures yeah like way early yeah Yeah. and we talked we talked about it in our spoiler segments at the end of shows and stuff for for weeks for those who haven't been hearing that but um i was almost like at this point in the episode if you're not gonna protect these children i will i was like Ooh, it's almost like guardian, like, you know, parent slash guardian type of, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, it's kind of a joke, but I kind of had the same thought really? yeah. where I was like, are you just going to take over the foster home? Yeah, are right. Literally yeah. going. To, are you literally going to guard them? Right. Like, that's like, that's kind of, that's where my brain, that's where my brain went. And, and I just thought like how nice that, that mantle of guardian can means so much to can mean so much at like with um in any situation you know like you know what are you guarding are you protecting are you uh you know a guardian are you a, mm. just a garden filled with plants oh because yeah. you because you spelled it wrong i don't like there's just a lot happening there could be lots of explanations yeah yeah but oh to even what isme said because it was also one of mine like the house needed a guardian angel and now we have you and like I didn't put in an emoji into my notes, but I like that was one of the most heartfelt things. Kids saying things that are truthful and cute are just they'll get me every time. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. yeah. It was like, is it dusty in here? Like, oh Yeah. She was oh she just she was had that ability to just speak truth. Totally. On a totally different note from cute little children though, we both have mm. the same note about this next thing. Yeah, man, they name dropped Intergang in a big way, what, what? and also Bruno Mannheim, which mm-hmm. I thought was actually a bigger deal than than um, Intergang. We will get to what Intergang and Bruno Mannheim is in Professor Comics Corner because right. they have been mentioned in the Arrowverse before. Yes. Um. So, uh, but I would uh, we'll get back to them. Um. And just at the just kind of at the end, uh. I love I love the little bit when you know Kelly gets the guardian outfit and blah blah blah, and she says to Alex, she's like, I don't know what to say except I love you, and Alex's like, hmm, We'll see how you feel after you, we start your training. Love that line. <laughs> I loved it. Very Alex too. Very totally. Very Alex. Yeah. 
Um, I love that too. I love that the helmet is James's actual helmet. Same. Because I wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. expecting. I thought it'd be a replica, you know, like whatever. I love that it actually is James's. It's more meaningful that way. Of course, I do wish that it was that like James gave it to her. Nah, you know, it, yes and no. Um, like I'm, he's busy doing his little thing, you know, worrying about the ratings or or whatever. <laughs> right. Um, he's he's on a little small town paper. He's sitting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but um, uh, you know, but I I appreciated that he trusts his sister enough to not even show up but send the outfit in a weird way that that's kind of nice on it on its own. I don't think she'll. Where she, I mean, we've seen what she looks like in the outfit. They've released photos and stuff. So I don't think she's going to wear his or they're not really going to adapt his. They are going to, um, you know, make a new one modeled off of that. Because when he made the Guardian outfit, it was Win making it. That's right. And now they have Brainy making outfits. And so, like, you've gone from, yeah, I got a sewing machine and I can do some welding and stuff to I'm a... Brainy, I'm Brainiac Five, like right. nanotech, this and blah 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 that. So I think we'll see more upgrades from her. Um, Man, we've but it's come still so far, super far, super far. Wow, I know. You got one last one in here. Last one is just that um, I love how Kara let William have the interview um, in the same way that Clark usually does for Lois. Yeah, you know, yeah, the sort of. I've- like just yep. sort of selfless, like uh, yeah, you know, you can, you can. I mean, selfless and 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 not compromising journalistic integrity and all that stuff. Um, I just I enjoyed that very much. If um if I didn't think that she was going to end up with Monel at all by the end of this, then I'd be like, oh, that would have been a clue. Mm-hmm. I would say that that's a nice that's some nice foreshadowing there. But I think it's going to be Monel. So I agree. I agree. Let's head over to Professor Comics Corner, if you would. We got Van Cole Prison, which is the metahuman prison outside of Metropolis. It's actually been in Supergirl several times already, mm-hmm. um, but I thought it was worth mentioning that it wasn't like, oh, what's this place? We've never been here before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, so that's okay. And then we mentioned earlier, we have Captain Carrot, that Joey was reading, a Captain Carrot uh, comic book, which is a real thing. So. Captain Carrot and his amazing zoo crew, which was a DC uh, comic back in the um, the early 80s. They first appeared in the new Teen Titans. Um, and they they ran for a little while. It wasn't like a huge... It was kind of like a combo of Looney Tunes and the Justice League, if, they, if that, mm-hmm. you know, if that kind of tracks. But they are technically in the mainstream DC universe because of the multiverse. And so they actually, that crew has shown up in like actual crisis events in comics because Captain Carrot is a real character and with their own earth and they can cross over if they want to. I'm pretty sure George Perez has drawn Captain Carrot like alongside other other heroes in, in yeah, in the, the various crises over the years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So cool. That was fun. Wasn't expecting that. I was like, whoa. Captain Out Carrot. of left field. But I, I saw it and I was like, holy crap. I can't believe yeah. that's actually happening. Yep. Me too. Yeah. It was fun. Uh, so anyway, so get to Intergang and Bruno Mannheim. So they were mentioned in Arrow in some season. I can't remember which. Maybe six, 
six sounds good. Six is good. Um, but Inner Gang is a worldwide crime syndicate and is usually connected to the planet Apocalypse, which is run, you know, by the evil and almighty dark side. Um, and Inner Gang is also usually run by a guy named Bruno Mannheim. Um, and so dark side, you know, like supplies, dark side usually supplies apocalypse and tech to, um, to intergang and then intergang does their whole crime spree thing. Cause it's all about wrecking havoc on earth and stuff. And they also have connection to the religion of crime and the crime Bible and all that stuff. And intergang is a through and through Superman thing first appeared in Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, 133 in 1970, created by the one, the only, the Jack, the King Kirby. Aha. Um, yeah. So, uh, so that's super fun. And then, um, of course, Bruno Mannheim, like I said, is, you know, he's running it. And so I'm questioning if we're going to see Dark Side or something like that. I'm going to say probably not. We've seen Inner Gang on other comic shows. I think Inner Gang showed up on Smallville. And there was no dark side connection, I do not believe. Not, and not so, to Inner Gang. But, but we've had, I think Inner Gang's been mentioned on Supergirl before. And I fact, think so. We theorized, maybe as far back as season four, that we might be seeing an Inner Gang storyline. And it never materialized. But now I'm wondering if we actually will. And I kind of hope it actually will, because that would be a, actually could be a very cool villain. Um, taking us into with Guardian being in the mix and everything could be a very cool villain to take us through the rest of this season to the end of the show. Totally. I mean, I would love it if it was just Intergang. It doesn't actually have to be with Apocalypse. That's no, fine. Exactly. I'm pretty sure Intergang is one of, if not the main antagonist in the um, Black Adam movie that they are that is coming out. Really? Actually, yeah. I think I don't. I'm pretty sure that something about like. They're using inner gang as like a almost kind of like a Taliban style. Like we've come in and infiltrated Kondak and Black Adams on the outs, and so it's about him reclaiming his his people, his throne, his land, and and all of this Interesting. stuff. I'm pretty sure. I mean, that's speculation on my part. So yeah, we'll see yeah, if yeah. it's if it's right. But I do remember reading a while ago that because someone did an interview and slipped up, and they were like, blah blah blah. I'm in. You know, something intergang, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what? Mm. Intergang? Tell me more. Intergang? Interesting. Um, and also intergang played a, a bit of a role in some Lois and Clark. Uh, yeah, Lois and Clark. Uh, yep, definitely some Lois and Clark. Because yep. I'm pretty sure Peter Boyle was Bruno Mannheim. Yeah. Or or he was Bruno Mannheim's dad or I, something like that. But yeah, Totally. Totally, there was some inner gang there, and inner gang was huge on Superman the animated series. Yes, yes, um, because that's when you first um, met. I'm pretty sure that's when you first met Granny Goodness, who was voiced by the late great Ed Asner. That's right, um, and so uh, yeah, so it's all connected, baby. It all um, connects. All right. Did you have any that was why was that a decision for this episode? Not I didn't really No, I didn't know. That's good. That means it was a good episode and yeah. Brainy wasn't in this. So there's no Brainy quotes of the week. That's right. So moving on to Storytime Village, we got um, we got four themes to play with. But the first one, the abuse and limits of power from within and without really go hand in hand with um, social justice, Black Lives Matter, um, basically any kind of social change, the prison system, all of this stuff. So we'll kind of mush those together um, for this episode. We'll talk about them hand in hand. And, Let's start. and stealing uh, a little girl's bread roll. Is a totally. Of that's justice. That's a matter of justice. 
Um, let's talk about overcoming fear, grief, pain, and anger first, because though that's a bit of a shorter conversation. Um, Nia's dreaming, trying to make sense of her grief and Nixley for that matter. Um, and so she's just struggle. She's just a big old struggle bus right now. Mm. Um, and I, I know that Nixley's like, I can let you see your mom for 24 hours and blah, blah, blah. And I know that's Nixley thinks that's on, thinks that it's only going to help her. But I feel like for when Nia's basically like, no one could train me. My mom was the only one that could, and she's not here, and blah, blah, blah. So, and her mom's coming back for 24 hours. What do you think they're going to do? Yeah. So I think, like, we're just going to see, like, Dreamer go all out. Like, one, like I think that Nixley letting her talk to her mom, however that fifth dimensional magic works, I think that's really going to come back to bite her in the butt. And mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm kind of excited to see it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's safe to safe to say we're gonna. I, I mean, I man, I would I would love nothing more than a a uh, dreamer uh, '80s style training montage. Oh, totally, totally. Play some Dream Girls in the background, mm-hmm. even though that just, wasn't the '80s. Just play Dreamweaver on loop. There you go. Weaver. <laughs> uh, um, I thought this is the opposite of overcoming fear, grief, pain, and anger, but we talked about this earlier about Andrea being like, go home, you're taking a mental health day. That's somebody being like, like you said, she's not a great boss, but for her to be like, I recognize that you just fell asleep standing up in a meeting. Maybe you shouldn't be here. Yeah. Go home and take a day. Un- like that's... Uncharacteristically understanding of her. Yeah, she can be, though. I mean, she we watched be. a whole season where she definitely has feelings. It's just that we're not really getting them yes. right now because she's not uh, a lead. But um, but anyway, most of this episode really had to deal with... Uh, we dealt with Kelly and how part of her fear that we saw from the first half of the season is her feeling um, kind of small. Uh, she's that she's not on the same level as everybody else, you know. Like she has military training, you know. She's been in combat zones and she she can fight and hold her own. She's very smart and all that stuff. But I mean, but then you have like people like Jean and Kara who are just like, yeah, I'm just gonna go flying at the speed of sound. Right. Smell like see ya, and like that can definitely be uh, challenging. Mm-hmm. I think, and and so I like that this is her in a very human way, taking on the system in a way that she can because she's smart. Yes. You know, she's very smart. And um, and then taking that to the next level to decide that, like, I'm going to level up now. Like, I did this thing, and now I'm going to pick up where Jimmy left off, and I'm going to fight for those who are in need and afraid, and that's going to help her conquer her own fear, um, you know, by helping others. And I just... I just I liked that journey because obviously she's been thinking about it for a while. Alex mentions that where she's like, you know, I knew those coming since crisis and at, at some point. So, um, so it's nice to have her finally get there. And it didn't, unlike back in season two when James became the guardian and we were like, what? Why is this? Why was that a decision? Well, yeah, exactly. We didn't even have that co- topic then, but boy, why was that a decision? It feels more natural here. It's earned. It's earned. We have a story of like why it's happening. It's not just sort of a snap, no offense, snap decision that like, all right, how are we going to shoehorn this in? Like, it really feels like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense for who this character is and what we've seen of her and where her priorities lie. It works. Mm -hmm. Totally works. 
Um, moving on to social justice and all that stuff, we um, it, we really see it in two places, right? We have Joey and the foster care system, and we have Orlando in the prison system. Yes. So you take it away. Explain explain Joey to me. I, I love the parallels uh, between the foster care system and the prison system, and the way that that these the systemic issues in both of these places are underserving the people who they are are meant to protect um mm-hmm. or or whom they are meant to um you know to to better um so joey you know all he has is his brother and they are they're separated by the death of their parents um and you know joey has his, his powers being suppressed he's worried about his brother his brother it uh, has no way of taking care of his younger brother or, or Orlando has no way of taking care of Joey. And so uh, I, it total, you, you said this in your notes and I, I had the same thought. It's a total Jean Valjean story where he, he does, he commits a small crime to try and take a loaf of bread. Exactly. Yeah. Which totally to loop back matter of justice. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> This episode was better written than I originally gave credit for. <laughs> but yes, Orlando Orlando uh, does what he needs to do to take care of his brother because he has no choice. And so he commits some petty theft and ends up in, in, in jail for it. Um, and and then and, and they, they do some really good work talking about the prison system and, and in particular, you know, for profit private prisons and you know watch all of orange is the new black if you want to learn more about that this was this definitely touched on that with the warden being on the take and exploiting exploiting the inmates for for free labor and and they sort of put together this this uh group of super powered inmates to to um to do bruno Mannheim's bidding um for a price uh the second chance program that cara wrote about a little while back and now has um wasn't as wasn't as uh positive a program as it was meant to to look in the press mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i i think that uh they did a really good job i mean they, they were not subtle particularly subtle about it but they also weren't um trite about the way that they handled this uh this this topic it was it was it was pretty like head-on about that like the foster care system uh, d- underserves the children it's meant to to, to serve and, and protect, um, and the prison system can can do some, in particular for profit prisons, can do some some pretty horrific things in the way that it treats people, um, and 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 treats them you know sort of like cattle rather than than people who deserve to be um, uh, you know reconciled with society, rehabilitated. Think, that's the word I'm looking for. Right. And I think you have a, a the the added level, especially in in the foster home and in the prison, where you have these like the power suppressors on the kids, where yes. they, you know, like that's just like they're not allowed to be who they are. And so, like from a like a stepping away as like a you know an adult or an educator, or whatever, I'm like I can understand why you would want to suppress their powers. Whatever else, it's a safety issue. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, you don't you don't have the equipment or the funding to handle any kind of outbursts or training or anything like that. But you're also like flat out denying like access to part of what these kids are and who they are, and that presents its own slew of problems. 
And then from the prison standpoint, you are allowing them to use their powers, but only in the channeled way that you want them to for profit and gain mm-hmm. and for domestic terrorism and or whatever else. Yeah. And, and so I just uh, I just think the exploitation of both parties, children and adults, because you can see like the progression, the show doesn't say it, but wants you to be like, OK, it's, it's really just you moving from one system into the other system. Um, yes. if something isn't taken care of and and so and for something that really does try to wrap itself up in 40 minutes i think it actually does a, a good job at hitting a good couple of benchmarks the only thing i really wrinkled my nose at is which is funny that it did but so for a car to be like no you have to believe me we'll, we'll solve this issue it just didn't feel real this time yeah i I agree i I believe she believes it but i don't know that she should yeah and actually even to go into the unbiased journalism and the importance of truth and danger of moral relevance and whatever else like you see car using her superpowers as a reporter which is so unethical but i love it i don't care um because she's doing it for the good reasons but cara and william talk about like how quality reporting is like as long as people know and hearing is hearing Supergirl's message and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but that's hearing is one thing, but like, what else are you going to do? And that's not really up to them necessarily, but like, it's a lot of high fives for getting a message out there that people already know. Yeah. And, and, and so it just, I guess I'm projecting what our world is onto their world. Yeah, and so that fair. is, it's a little, it's a little bit different. It's a simplified world that we're, we're looking peeking into um in 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 some ways and it's they're you know maybe slightly reductive oversimplified message that you know uh as long as the message is getting out there um even if people know it it's reinforcing it and maybe hearing it from someone like supergirl who people sort of implicitly trust um that that's i think that's what's important there and there was um I think it was Alex who said earlier in the episode, it's only when we take risks that we can find out what we're meant to be. And I thought that was a really nice sort of moral of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of ties in here as well. Like they, they took, they took that, that risk. Um, and, and hopefully that's, that's going to pay off. Yeah. Yeah. So good, good episode. Um, good episode all around. Frank, why don't you tell the people where, um, they can find us before we, we dive into trailer TV talk. Yes, of which, again, there was no trailer this week, which is... There was not. Very strange. But, um, yeah, if hey, listen, if, if you enjoyed this episode, if you think this episode was worth a dollar, um, that would mean a lot to us, and that would help us. Every person who can who can uh, spare a dollar an episode um, is helping us to keep making this show uh, and to keep making all the shows at the Thought Bubble Audio Network. So if you can spare that dollar, uh, patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio would be a great, great place. We'd be, we would greatly appreciate your uh, your your patronship um, over there. And uh, otherwise you can support us by rating and reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. Apple podcast is particularly helpful, but uh, anywhere, you know, uh, whether it's Apple or Spotify or Stitcher or any other podcast app um, that would really help us a lot and mean a lot to us. If you subscribe and rate and review us, uh, tell a friend, you can also find us at supergirltvtalk.com, mail at supergirltvtalk.com, 
gmail.com if you want to be heard in the mailbag segment at the top of the show. Um, you can uh, tweet at us at TV Supergirl, and uh, you can uh, find all of our shows at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. Well said, Frank, as always. Let's talk trailer TV talk, to which, of course, we said there was no trailer. What the heck? Um, there were promo pics and stuff, and we have the, you know, what the episode's about, the episode description, which I will henceforth read right now. Nia spends time with her mom. Supergirl intervenes when a building in the Heights that was set uh, aside for low-income housing is suddenly at risk to be sold to a major corporation. Supergirl recruits Orlando uh, to help her win over the city, but things go awry when Nixley shows up. Meanwhile, Nia trains with her mother. The episode was directed by Jesse Warren with story by Jess Cardos and told by Nikki, Nikki Holcomb and Jen Troy. So now we're going after, you know, low-income housing. This is like some action comics number one type stuff, you know? Totally. Like, Beat up the wife beater. Yes. Do it. Yeah. Do it. And Throw the politician in jail. Totally. I and you'll it. cover all of the action comics beats from action comics number one. I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't. If, if they did that, if, if there was like one, each of those beats got an episode uh, storyline, I would not hate that. That'd be fun. That It would really be like, you'd have to know. You'd have to know. This, You'd have to, yeah. but anyway, you're right. I mean, it they're they're tackling like as Supergirl has done for the past couple seasons. They're tackling um, uh, the rip from the headlines, you know, yes. relevant relevant stuff. And so I just worry, like I said before, with the other thing that it's just going to if if it always ends with well, at least I told people like right. I, I totally agree with you, and I didn't mean to undercut that point at all. No, I don't feel it was undercut at all. Don't worry. No, well, but, but I it was do it was uppercutted, Frank. It, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I do. Yeah, like I I do feel like in this simplified world, that's what they were going for. But I agree with you. I want to make that clear that I I agree with you that that's um, not great to just sort of because I I did get that feeling and and something that you know I I think about um, in World War Two they were very. Um, conscious to never, never show Superman like defeating the Nazis or anything like mm-hmm. like ah oh, I solved the war like because there were real soldiers over there fighting that war right correct except for that one comic where he literally just picked up Stalin and Hitler and brought them to the United Nations correct it was in a Life magazine though it doesn't it, count. it wasn't an actual right the the idea was they they did not want to oversimplify the real war that was happening and, and you know people k- kids reading that comic had big brothers across i mean ha- actual soldiers were reading that comic uh, mm-hmm. over, over there and um and i feel like that is a delicate line to uh you know it's a, it, it's a very delicate thing to to touch because there are real people who are really affected by these things who are watching this show and if you over sort of gloss over and be like well at least now we made people aware of it so my job is done like no it's not done you there's there's more there's more work to be done um but but i hope that they continue to address those things in in a meaningful way yeah me too yeah me too yeah we'll see i you know i wish we had a trailer for this episode so we could actually get some insight into you know what it's going to look like but Sadly, we don't. So we'll just have to wait and see, and we will discuss it next week, Tim. It's it's true. Although, you know, at least with this many episodes under our belt in Supergirl, we probably know what an episode of Supergirl looks like at this point. So, mm. And we're definitely going to tune in for it. So I guess we really don't need the trailer. I, I, <sighs> I guess. 
Maybe that's what they figure too. Like people who are gonna, <laughs> you didn't run his team. They're like, then it doesn't matter anymore. People who are gonna watch. They're gonna watch it. People who aren't who aren't like everybody. Yeah, do whatever. So I'm not sure, but but anyway, Frank, it was it's uh, good to see you as always. Uh, so until next time, up up and away.